Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to day 16 of the fast. Congratulations for coming this far. And it's so wonderful that you guys are here with me. I have nothing more but gratitude for your comments, for your sharings, for your stories. Like, it's just filled this fast much more than any other fast that I have experienced with so much insight, with so much reflection, with so much companionship, and so much accompaniment, and so much growth, and learning about the writings, like, wow, the most I have ever experienced. So thank you all for that. You are really the ones who have been propelling this forward. And on day 16, I will admit to you that on day one, I was very much exhausted <laughs> from creating these um, meditation recordings. And But yet, if it wasn't without your sharings and your appreciation and just just your participation, I would not have been able to make it this far. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that you all have continued your gratitude practices and just filled your life with joy and understanding and just filling your body with good juju beans. So today's meditation is going to be on the importance of chastity. And I had a recording about how to control the sex impulse. And yeah, this was basically a request for an elaboration for that. And there were a couple of reasons why I kept that one short. Um, for obvious reasons, but <laughs> I mean, the topic itself speaks for itself in how it is not the most common of topics that people have on an outwardly public basis. Like, I can literally see people's faces shut down when I bring it up. Like, I'm very comfortable having this discussion because. I have had to think about it a lot myself in order to like overcome some obstacles or thoughts that I had about it that were really not constructive for my understanding as a human being, as a noble soul. And so it is with great joy I share this information with you. And I wanted to preface all this before I share what the yogic perspective is on the sex impulse and what it does and all these things and the scientific aspect is to say how much I love, love, love <laughs> this spiritual obligation or law. It's in the Kitab Athas that sex is 
only permissible between a husband and a wife and after marriage under the institution of the fortress of well-being and I have learned many reasons <laughs> in yogic perspective and scientific perspectives of why this is an absolute, absolute need. And so I first wanted to share, I first wanted to share a little bit about how also before I continue, there is a blog by uh, Baha'i blog and I think it was Baha'i blog or Baha'iteachings.org, yes, and it was about porn, and it was wonderfully written, and actually that paper had um, got me to think a little bit more about writing, and in fact, after I read that, I wrote 10 blog posts. I still haven't been able to edit them because they're so lengthy, and they're just... I like the organization of how to think and explain things first is really bogging my mind. But hopefully this podcast will help clarify some things because I talk more naturally with humans than I do in writing. (laughs) And so what I wanted to begin with is to say, is to remind us all of our animal as well as spiritual natures. I've mentioned this a couple times, but it is very important for this particular post. Um, And what I wanted to share from the scientific perspective or from the animal kingdom, it's so fascinating to see how animals mate and they go about mating and the times in which they mate and how they meet and what they do to attract. It is just, oh my God, like this kingdom and all the different species, they have different ways of attracting mates. And so I highly encourage you to watch the Discovery Channel like and really pay attention when and to see how animals mate. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating. So I have a couple examples that I wanted to share. The first is um, from polar bears. This one surprised me. So polar bears, when the female goes in asterisk, she basically releases out pheromones and the male basically roams the Icelands to go and find her. Find a mate that is like that. And in order to get her, he basically has to follow her until she wants to connect with him in that way. And basically, it is, oh my God, how much these male polar bears, they like... Seek affection is just blowing my mind. It's so much more difficult than human meeting for sure. And what's fascinating is to see how much a male polar bear will sacrifice in order to attract the female. And with that is like, and what I mean by that means that 
he he stops he basically starves himself he doesn't sleep he doesn't rest basically just circling around her just like waiting for her to be like okay i'm ready now and in addition to this he in amidst his hunger and his starvation and his tiredness and his lethargy and all this he has to fight off other predators because this female scent is so strong that it attracts all the men, the male polar bears from around the Icelands. And so in the midst of all the starvation, this hunger, this tiredness of just trying to seek her affection appropriately and trying to find the right timing, he has to fight off predators. And in fact, biologically in animals... God is so beautiful in this way that he gives extra strength to the male polar bears to be able to withstand this duration. How magical is that? (laughs) Wow. Like what they do basically, the male polar bears just have to fight off all these um, other polar bears that come wanting to mate with her and they basically have to battle it out and in this battle the female gets to see how strong the males are and basically in the end she usually decides to mate with someone who's the strongest in physicality as well as um ability to withstand starvation and like you know the desire to want to mate with her by like losing rest and just how far the male polar bear goes to seek her affection so by in this particular episode that i saw in the disagree channel this one polar bear had to fight off five or six male competitors and for it lasted about like two weeks i think and he was already starved. <laughs> he was already tired. And his, the coat of his fur was entirely filled with blood. Like, it, it was not a white polar bear. It was, like, red. And amidst the vastness of the Iceland, it was so distinct that it was just such a sight. And in the end, this polar bear was so tired and so exhausted that even when the female... <laughs> wanted to mate, the male polar bear no longer had the energy to and basically went off and perhaps died or went to feed. But it was just like showing like, wow, how beautiful this is and how much godly strength is instilled in the male species in order to be able to propagate life, to bring forth creation to bring forth the animal kingdom, which is below the human kingdom, immediately below the human kingdom. They are the ones that have the most acute senses. They are the most sensitive. They feel much more than we do in our senses. They smell more. They taste more. They hear more. They see more. Everything is sharper than humans. In that sense. So imagine being deprived of all these things <laughs> on a physiological level and then having the strength of fight. It's mind-boggling. And I wanted to contrast this with this is what a healthy, natural 
wild wildlife circumstances is. And then I wanted to contrast it with panda bears, which a majority of them are in captivity due to almost extinction and humans want to protect them, especially here in China. That's very important. It's in fact like it's a huge festival to name a panda bear, to celebrate a panda life. All of it is wonderful. But if you watch a documentary on polar bears, uh, sorry, panda bears, and see how they mate in captivity, it's very interesting. And one of the interesting characteristics is that because male and female panda bears are in captivity, they do not have competitors. And so when they mate with the female, they usually have an excess set of energies that turns into aggression to the female panda bear. And this is something that the female panda bears don't like. <laughs> They're not having it. They don't like it when the male uh, like approaches them in aggression, in, in a sense of domination. Even in the animal kingdom, animals do not appreciate this sort of approach. And so in in fact, even under the watchful eye, under this particular episode that I saw, was 12 humans trying to get a male and a female panda bear to mate. And it was just like they they were standing above on a roof, like with these long bamboo sticks and trying to like actually stop the male from attacking her in this way. But, you know, this is a natural instinct. Like you, this is God-given natural instincts to be able to ward off the animal kingdom of competition, of survival of the fittest, of beauty conquering. If you've noticed that the males in the animal kingdom are the most beautiful because they're the ones that get a hard time. (laughs) They're the ones who have to go find the mate. They're the ones who have to be the prettiest in order to find a female that is willing It's usually the women are stronger. So in fact, sometimes the men even have to try to dominate the female so that he can prove to her that he is strong in physicality and that their offsprings would be strong. Now, I I wanted to share this so that we have a foundation of what this looks like for how humans mate and how some of these characteristics continue forward in the human kingdom, if not checked. So I will see you in the next audio.